Brethren, we behold now a great and wondrous mystery. Shepherds with cries of joy come forth as messengers to the sons of mankind, not on their hilly pastures with their flocks conversing, and not in the field with their sheep frolicking, but rather in the city of David Bethlehem, spiritual songs exclaiming. In the highest sing angels, proclaiming hymns archangelic. The heavenly cherubim and seraphim sing out praises to the glory of God. Holy, holy, holy. Together all do celebrate this joyous feast, beholding God upon the earth and mankind of earth amidst the heavens. With these words of St. Gregory the Wonderworker, let us reflect on some of those people who were witnesses to the Nativity. Who were the witnesses to the Nativity? The Gospel of St. Luke tells us how the angels and the shepherds were witnesses to the birth of Christ. One angel proclaimed the news, and the rest glorified God. In this we can see the rejoicing that took place in the heavens. For if the angels rejoice at the salvation of one man, how much more would they rejoice at the birth of Christ, who came to redeem all of humanity? This rejoicing is something that may be lost for us, due to the burdens of preparing for all of the events that occur around Christmas or due to the fact that we have grown too accustomed to Christmas as just another part of the year. Instead, let us take on that angelic way of thinking. Let us glorify God and rejoice for all that He has given to us through the birth of His Son and our God. The words that were chosen by the angels, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill to all people, shows us that we should glorify God first. It also shows us what was to come from the birth of Christ, namely peace on earth and goodwill to all people. This peace was something that was previously lacking in the fallen world and is itself a witness to Christ. St. Cyril of Alexandria comments that we wretched beings, by having set up our own lusts in opposition to the will of our Lord, had put ourselves into the position of his enemies. Christ has abolished this, for he is our peace, and has united us by himself to God the Father. He has taken away from the middle the cause of the enmity, and so justifies us by faith, makes us holy and without blame and calls near to him those who were far off. St. Gregory Palamas also states that this hymn is a witness that God who was angry with the human race and subjected it to terrible curses has come in the flesh, granting his peace and reconciling them to the Heavenly Father. It is now for us to maintain this peace in our own lives. This magnificent angelic display was witnessed by the shepherds who beheld the heavenly things with their earthly eyes. St. Ambrose of Milan tells us, Let not this seem to you a slight example of faith because of the humble character of the shepherds, for simplicity is sought for, not pride. Through their humility and simplicity, they left their flocks and ran in the middle of the night to Bethlehem 
to a cave to see their king. We read that the shepherds were amazed at what they had seen. They did not consider themselves to be worthy of beholding this miracle, and yet it was for this reason they were indeed worthy. This response can guide us when we receive blessings from God. We might question why the shepherds were the first out of all of humanity to receive the news that the Messiah had been born. Why not the kings? Why not the priests? Why not the scribes? St. John Chrysostom states that the angel went not to Jerusalem, sought not for scribes and Pharisees, for they were corrupt and tormented with envy, but these, the shepherds, were simple men living in the ancient practices of Moses and the patriarchs. There is a certain road which leads by innocence to the love of wisdom, referring to Christ. They, the scribes and Pharisees, did in fact receive this news eventually, but the eyes of their souls were not able to see Christ as the shepherds did and glorify God. The three wise men, or magi, also possessed the correct mentality to approach Christ. They were from Persia in the east and were priests of the Zoroastrian religion there. Despite not knowing of the prophecies of Christ set out in the Old Testament, including the prophecies of Isaiah and Daniel, they recognized Christ through his star, which shows that all of creation was also a witness to the nativity. St. Gregory Palamas, in his homily on the Nativity, talks about the journey of the Magi. A star accompanies the Magi, coming to a halt when they do, and travelling with them when they move on, or rather, drawing them and inviting them on the road, as their leader escorting them on their journey. It offers itself as their guide when they are on the move, and when they rest a while, it permits them to do so, and itself stays in its place, lest deserting them it should grieve them by its absence, seeming to abandon its role as guide before journey's end. For it caused them considerable distress by concealing itself from them when they approached Jerusalem. Why did it hide from them while they were there? To make them, through their inquiries, unsuspecting heralds of Christ who was born at that time according to the flesh. Because they presumed they would learn from the Jews where Christ was to be born according to the sacred prophecies, the divine star left them, teaching us that we should no longer seek to find out about the law and the prophets from the Jews, but rather to seek after the teaching that comes from heaven lest we be deprived of grace and the outpouring of light from above. St. Theophilact of Ocrid states that the Magi also came so that the glory of Christ might shine forth all the more through the witness of the Magi, who before had been subject to the demons and were enemies of God. The Magi came from such a great distance to worship him, while the Jews who had Christ there in their midst, persecuted him. It was only when the Magi were back on the road and had left Jerusalem and the earthly ways of thinking there, 
that they saw the star again which led them directly towards Christ. Once there, they presented gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. Each of these are unique and are explained by one of the hymns heard at the Vespers of the Feast. When the Lord Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, Magi came from the east and they worshipped God become man. They readily opened their treasures and they offered him precious gifts, pure gold to the king of the ages, incense to the God of all, and myrrh to the immortal one who would die for three days. Come, all nations, let us worship him who was born to save our souls. The Magi also worshipped Christ, with St. John Chrysostom explaining, Had they therefore come to seek an earthly king, they would have been more confounded than rejoiced, deeming their pains thrown away. But now they looked for a heavenly king, so that though they saw naught of regal state, that stars witnessed sufficed them, and their eyes rejoiced to behold a despised boy the Spirit showing him to their hearts in all his wonderful power. They fell down and worshipped. Seeing the man, they acknowledged the God. In the Matins of Christmas, the Ipakoi states, Heaven called the Magi by a star, and thus it brought the first fruits of the Gentiles to you, the infant lying in the manger. And they were amazed, not by sceptres and thrones, but by the utter poverty. For what is more shabby than a cave, and what is more humble than swaddling clothes? But it was through these that the riches of your divinity shone forth. Lord, glory to you. Thus we see that the wise men were so inspired that they were able to recognize their Lord and God despite him only being a newborn. This shows their humility, that they did not see a small infant and consider themselves superior, but they saw God and fell down in worship. This also shows the depth of their spiritual awareness and the eyes of their consciences, that they were able to perceive divinity where it was not apparent on the surface level. What about those who saw but did not let it change them? There were also witnesses of the Nativity who did not react in the appropriate manner. These were Herod, the people of Jerusalem, and the priests and scribes. The fathers emphasized that Herod, who was the king of Judea at the time, was not actually a Jew. He was Idumean, from the tribes near Arabia. However, this does not excuse his ignorance of the message of the wise men. He had adopted the Jewish religion according to the historian Josephus, but the wise men were not even Jewish. While he was a foreigner, he had the benefit of the priests and scribes of the Jews to inform him, and they did so faithfully. However, he was corrupted and thought only of maintaining power. He killed many of his children, including one of his own sons, during the slaughter of the holy innocents. This led the Roman Emperor Augustus to say that it is better for someone to be Herod's pig than his son. 
The whole city of Jerusalem was in a state of panic at the news that the Messiah had been born. In the ordinary course of history, having two kings over the same land leads to civil war. This would have resulted in famine and death. None of the people of Jerusalem described by St. Matthew as troubled saw the birth of Christ in a spiritual way. This mindset shows us the depths to which the people of Jerusalem had tumbled in their concern for earthly rather than heavenly peace, which was the true result of Christ's nativity. Further, the chief priests and scribes knew the prophecies concerning the birth of Christ. They knew that he was to be born in Bethlehem of Judea, but did nothing. St. John Chrysostom states that if the wise men who came from Persia were not ignorant of the place, much more might they whose abode it was acquaint themselves with these things. In informing Herod and the wise men of this truth, they were themselves condemned when they did nothing, a sign of things to come in the earthly ministry of Christ. St. Gregory the Wonderworker, with whose words we commence this episode, had the following to say on how the Gentiles have benefited, despite the Jews not recognizing Christ. In Judea, a virgin gave birth, but all the lands of the world accepted her son. There was the root of the vine, here the vine of truth. The Jews squeezed the winepress, and the Gentiles have tasted of the sacramental blood. Those others planted the kernel of wheat, and these thrive by the grain harvest of faith. The Jews were pricked to death by the thorns. The Gentiles are filled by the harvest. Those others sat beneath the tree of desolation, and these beneath the tree of life. Those expounded the precepts of the law, but the Gentiles reap the spiritual fruits. And so we have seen the many witnesses of the nativity, both the good and the bad. But what can we take from these witnesses? How can we too witness to the nativity in our own lives? First, it is necessary that we prioritize Christ and the things of heaven above all else. This is what the angels do constantly, what the shepherds did by leaving their flocks to run to the cave in the middle of the night, and what the Magi did by leaving their country to seek out Christ. Unlike Herod and the people of Jerusalem, we must be willing to abandon the comforts of our way of life, our positions in society, our possessions, our perceptions of who we are, and follow Christ as he commanded the disciples. One thing which all witnesses, both good and bad, recognized about the nativity was its importance. It was significant enough to trouble the people of Jerusalem and to lead Herod to commit a massacre. Therefore, our calling is to not be troubled by Christ's presence in our lives and the discomfort we might have to endure, but to rejoice in it as the angels and shepherds did. Finally, we must be prepared to be witnesses to the nativity through our examples. Much like the journey of the wise men, our actions, thoughts and hearts must be directed towards Christ. 
The first step to achieving this is to seek out Christ, to ask where is he, as the Magi did, and to go there. They abandoned the east, the place of idolatry and exile, and traveled to Jerusalem, the city of God. In the same way, we must abandon the paths we have taken, which have not been guided by the radiant star, the sun of righteousness. Once we do this, Christ will guide our actions and thoughts as the star guided the Magi. We will then be able to enter into the place where Christ resides, receiving and worshipping him. As an idiomelon of the Vespers of the Feast asks, What shall we offer you, O Christ, because you have appeared on earth as a man for our sakes? For each of the creatures made by you offers you its thanks. The angels, their hymn. The heavens, the star. The shepherds, their wonder. The magi, their gifts. The earth, the cave. The desert, the manger. And we, a virgin mother. This is something to reflect upon. By following the path laid out by the wise men in our own lives and uniting ourselves to Christ, we can truly witness to Christ in our everyday lives and allow others to see Christ in us.